Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, November 14th, 2022. As a junior high student, for reasons passing understanding, I went out for the cross-country team. Now, at the school I went to, anybody that wanted to run on the cross-country team could. Why I wanted to, I honestly can't tell you. Didn't particularly enjoy running. It was hot in Texas, but I did it. And I remember the first race I ran in as a cross-country runner in Floresville, Texas. My goal was simple. I wanted to run the whole race without stopping. Now, if I would have stopped, it wouldn't have been a big deal. My time would have been longer. I would have personally missed my goal, but eh, whatever. What if I stopped running meant I was disqualified? What if stopping meant you were out of the race completely? That would raise the stakes a little bit. And if you think about people or our teammates and how we would try to cheer each other on, if you knew, hey, if they stop running, they're out, uh, that would be an extra incentive for us to really encourage one another to keep going. And that's what I want us to think about as we look at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 9 through, sorry, 19 through 39. Hebrews 10, 19 through 39. And we're going to come back to some verses in the beginning of that passage that are pretty familiar, but I want us to look at some things uh, here towards the middle and end of the passage. In verse 26, it says, For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So there, these verses really are a warning, and specifically a warning at those who seem to, kind of like we saw in chapter 6, they've come to some knowledge, they've tasted um, something of Christianity, but now they are stepping away from it. They're stopping this race of Christianity, and it says not only are they going to be disqualified, they are going to be judged. And it even, you get the sense from this that they will be judged with a stricter Judgment. It starts talking about the vengeance of God and that it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And so 
And so we think through that verse, and now we move on to the next part, which says, but recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. But you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, saying, hey, At first, you started well in the Christian life, and even you endured suffering and persecution, but now don't fall away. Don't give in to the world. Don't go back into sin. And so as we think through that, the the dire warning there in the middle, and that idea at the end of, hey, you started off well, keep going. Now let's go back to the beginning of the passage in verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And so as we consider those words, you see it starts with us just having a full confidence in God. And that's where, well, what's going to keep you running in the race of the Christian life? What's going to keep you from stop running and being disqualified and exiting the race? It's, I have a full assurance in Jesus. I believe everything Hebrews has been telling me. Notice even the first word of our passage today is therefore. We've been seeing Jesus is better than angels. He's better than Moses. He's better than these earthly high priests. He's better than the sacrifices they would offer. The old covenant has been replaced by a better one. Jesus is better. Therefore, we do these things. We have that faith in Jesus. But notice this is not merely an individual thing because it says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, right? As we know that the day of the Lord is drawing near, as we know that many will walk away and will give in to temptation, will give in to pressure to cave on what the gospel says, we need to all the more consider how to stir up one another. And that's what his goal is. He's not trying to just beat these people over the head with threats. He ends even on a note of confidence in verse 39, but we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Uh, But one of the main things I want to do today is to encourage you to consider. That's the verb there. That's the imperative. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. How can you encourage others today? How can you encourage other people to keep running, to keep going, to press on, to not go back to sin, to not give in to the pressure of the world? Who are you going to encourage today? That's a theme throughout Hebrews. We talked about that back in chapter three. Let us exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today. And this is how we want to live. So that's what I want you to think about today. Who can you encourage? Who can you reach out to? And again, the command is to think 
Get creative. Think about how you can stir up one another to love and good works. We need that because the stakes are high. It's not just, well, if they if they stop pursuing Christ, you know, well, they, they won't finish as well or they won't have many as rewards in heaven. No, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hand of the living God. And so we want to encourage, we want to reach out, we want to consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Well, uh, for more bad news, let's go to the book of Jeremiah. And I say that jokingly, this is the word of God, so it is it is good for us to read. But But so much in Jeremiah does tend to be discouraging because it just feels repeatedly. Yeah, when will they learn that they keep ignoring what Jeremiah says? Uh, and we see that today. We're looking at chapters 41 through 43. And like we saw uh, in our reading uh, yesterday, Gedaliah, who was installed as the governor of Judah, he is killed. He is murdered, just like he was warned that he would be, and he did not listen. And then there's this uh, battle, even with, with between some that were faithful and some that uh, were with the man who killed Gedaliah. But after all of that uh, you know, goes down, uh, there's a question, should we go to Egypt? And they ask Jeremiah what they should do. And Jeremiah says, don't go to Egypt. And again, he says, don't fear the king of Babylon. Uh, stay here and trust God and don't flee to Egypt. And you're thinking, as you end chapter 42, you're thinking, maybe they're going to listen this time. That maybe after all that's happened, that they'll say, yeah, Jeremiah, you're right. And we trust you and we trust the Lord. Uh, but you see in chapter 43, verse 1, when Jeremiah finished speaking to all the people, all these words of the Lord their God, with which the Lord their God had sent him to them, Azariah, the son of Hoshiah, and Johanan, the son of Kareah, and all the insolent men said to Jeremiah, you are telling a lie. The Lord our God did not send you to say, do not go to Egypt to live there. So they accuse Jeremiah of lying, they don't listen to him, and they go to Egypt anyways. So again, you, you see the frustration that you, you come across repeatedly here towards the end of the book of Jeremiah, where there's this repeated failure to listen. And again, what's one of the lessons to learn there? Well, check your own heart. Make sure that you are not repeatedly failing to listen to God. Is there something on your conscience that you know you need to confess? Is there something that you need to make right? Don't ignore that. Don't know the right thing to do and fail to listen to it. Uh, let the book of Jeremiah be a lesson to you. And let the book of Hebrews be a lesson to all of us. The consequence of knowing the truth of the gospel, but walking away, going on sinning deliberately is incredibly high. And so we need to look out for each other. We need to think about how we can stir up one another to love and good works. And that's a great way to, for us to start off another week. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.